0: questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas.
1: Tonight we continue with someone who shares our passion for the truth. His motto is one of my favorites, believe is the enemy of knowing. On this program we don't want to believe, we want to know. Because believe is also the enemy of truth. Most people think that What they believe about the nature of reality and what they know about reality are one and the same thing. But this is incorrect. There is a fundamental difference between believing something and knowing something. Beliefs such as religious theology or scientific theories are invariably arrived at through a process of logical deduction and or are taught to people by their peers, mentors, and society. Whereas knowing something is always arrived at Through personal experience We know we are physically alive in this realm Not because we believe it based on some theory Taught to us by our peers Or because we have deduced it But rather because we are personally experiencing it The experience of living itself Provides us with the ultimate Albeit personal proof That we are physically alive in this realm And as such transcends the need For either belief or logic
0: You are listening to Veritas If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview, and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button, at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, paypal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting, bitcoin, litecoin, and ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store, for focused life force energy. MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at VeritasRadio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabricus.
1: And to discuss belief versus knowledge and a full spectrum parapolitical discussion, tonight's special guest is a veteran of this program, Crow777. Crow is the host of a popular weekly podcast, Crow777radio.com. That's spelled C R R O W 777radio.com. He hosts his own website and a YouTube channel with hundreds of videos featuring both his podcast and astrophotography work. Crow is perhaps best known for his intriguing capture in 2012 of what's been popularly called the lunar wave. And we have a more comprehensive bio on our website. I just found out that he's also featured on the movie Shoot the Moon, which has gained national acclaim. You can watch it on Vimeo On Demand. Hello, Crow, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me back, Mel. Good, good to see you again. It's been quite a while.
1: Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I can't believe it's been two years. I mean, I follow your work and you follow mine. And it's great to to share war stories. And before we begin, just before we started, we just started discussing what's been happening to you, to me, and to many of our peers out there with this censorship that does not stop. And it's, let's hope, let's hope, but apparently it's going to get worse what have you experienced in the last year? Have you experienced what I've experienced myself?
2: Well, for me, um, I you know, if you go to my website, CrowTriple7Radio.com, the about page, I wrote that in 2013. I have a degree in internet technology, and I was reasonably sure where this was all going to go. Everybody's familiar with um, all the things online that are given to you. And then when they get popular, then you got to pay for them. All of a sudden and I understood That once the big players Took control of the information systems That we were going to be censored more and more and more And uh, in 2017 In the fall they deleted my YouTube channel And the result of that It came back three weeks later We think maybe because so many people complain But we're not sure because nobody tells you anything They just do what they want Um, They could give a damn that you've got over 100,000 people Who are interested in being part of the conversation But what happened was They deleted my channel, the day before they deleted my YouTube channel, Crow777 would return 16 to 20 million returns in a search engine. The day it came back, that was down to 6,000. To this very day, all these years later, if you search lunar wave, depending on your geography, you'll get roughly a million returns. You add my name to the end of lunar wave, the guy who discovered it, it goes down to a couple thousand. So that kind of illustrates what's going on. Um, although I do have to say, as we come towards December 10 here, where I guess the user agreement rules for YouTube are going to change on International Human Rights Day, um, I have seen more subscriber gain than I have in the past couple of years. So it's all a bit baffling, Mel.
1: Now, 2017 was before things really heated up. So you obviously had something that rocked the elite's boat. If it's the lunar wave... Why did that cause such an impression on them?
2: I think it was other, I think, so here's the thing, you know, everybody knows how it works. You get one video taken down, they give a strike. Well, I had two strikes and then they gave me the third and they took out my channel. The third strike was for a lunar wave video. But here's, here's the irony. It wasn't even mine. Someone else had shot that lunar wave and asked if I would post it. I said, sure. Um, That's what they used. To, to take out my channel of course it came back three weeks later after you know all the all the thousands of links that had linked to my videos um were scrubbed basically so they leave it down for three weeks so that the isp and the internet service providers they start scrubbing all the dead links um and then you're kind of like shadow banned after the fact as i just explained but yeah it was actually a lunar wave that i didn't even shoot that was my third strike
1: oh so they claimed that uh, what copyright infringement something like that
2: they didn't claim anything. They claimed that, well, here, here's even the worst part of it. Um, I was made aware of a communication um, where they claimed that I had engaged in hate speech. And I was getting ready to get a lawyer because I don't engage in hate speech. I love all people. I don't care what race, religion, creed. I, If you're a human being, I love you. And so I took umbrage with that. Um but like I said, three weeks later, it came back. They were saying at the time that I had crossed a zero tolerance policy hate speech line somewhere in the sand and that my channel would never come back. And I was literally one phone call away from going full lawyer up and, and go after this. I had the documents where these people were claiming I engaged in hate speech, um, which is patently ridiculous.
1: I think really – Our First Amendment is just completely, completely changing now. The same thing happens to me. I love everybody. I don't hate anyone. And anybody who says that I hate somebody, please prove it. Any in my 10, 11, 12 years doing this, find me one single program in which I engage in direct hate speech because I don't. I hate, I hate those people who are trying to poison us. I hate those people who lie to us. That's the only hate speech I've ever engaged in.
2: Well, you know, I I don't even use, I I don't allow my guests to use uh, bad language. Um, I I don't use bad language on the air. Uh, You can't go back through any episode and hear me cussing. Um, I just don't think that's appropriate. And so the truth of it is, um, who who knows, Mel, maybe maybe the, the power has been exerted. Maybe it'll back off a little But There are certain things. This right now, if you discuss them or even say them, you will be deplatformed de- instantly. And I can't even tell you what those things are because I'm a guest on your channel and I don't want to endanger you. Um, you know, here's the thing, man. To to have come to a point in the 21st century where people have been given a public forum like social media where they've put thousands of hours. For me, many thousands of hours in video production, filming the video through my telescope, building an audience, talking to the audience, to have that wiped out so nonchalantly, it's like you've fallen down a rabbit hole. But what most people don't realize is that everything you've ever heard in the way of a law that protects free speech is about the government. Your government can't infringe on free speech, freedom of expression, these types of ideas. And so Google or YouTube or any social media platform is not the government. And what makes it even worse is there are plenty of court cases people can look up where private corporations are allowed to abridge your free speech. As an example, if you go to work and you're talking about something at your employer's business that he doesn't like, he has every right to tell you you can't say that here. And abridge your free speech. That's been tested in court. So the problem becomes here is that the new public forum is online. And so all these old ideas of free speech, that had to do with the government. The public forum has moved away under the aegises of corporations. So I guess we're in a time where all this has to shake out now.
1: The technocracy, that's what we have now. Because, you know, who? It, Paul, I forgot the acronym, but we have Facebook, Apple, Google, I mean, they're pretty much uh, Amazon. They, they're they building the Internet. They're building the, the, the new digital
2: world. Yeah, we just heard that uh, Russia has announced it's building its own Internet, and everyone can figure out why. Um, it's a lot of control to control because basically in the in the age we find ourselves, the public forum is online. It's where it is. You don't have the city center or the town center is not the public forum if it ever was now it's social media. Now it's texts. Now it's emails. Now it's, your, you know, your platforms that you use for social interaction. And um, it's it's going to be, it, it has been a rough ride for some of us. But here's the thing. If you conduct yourself appropriately, you don't say bad things. You don't pick on people. You don't, you know, you don't say things that you wouldn't say to your mother's face then you've got a leg to stand on, which is how I've conducted myself. Um, Unfortunately, we know darn well as December rolls in, if you mention certain things, uh, the new user agreement tells you flat out you will be deplatformed instantly.
1: And yes, you know, there are private institutions that they can do all they want. And yes, that's probably in the fine print that we all read. The people who say, Facebook, and you probably see this, Facebook, you're not authorized to use my images. Come on now. Did you expect that we're going to get a free platform to share with your family and friends and that we're not going to use that? Just like Gmail. Who in the world would be thinking that you're going to get a free email account? Somebody's out there, an AI just like YouTube. Every time you upload your videos, or I do, I know they check every single word with their AI. And even one word, I've done experiments where I put one word in a one-hour video and they immediately demonetize it or they just completely don't allow it. And then I do it again by putting white noise on that word and it's allowed. So it's very sophisticated, bro.
2: But here's the thing. It's not free, Mel. It was never free. And here's one of the proofs. In 1999, I think it was the CEO of Sun Microsystems informed the world that there was no longer any privacy. And very few people heard it but the ones that did laughed they didn't believe that but he was telling the truth you see what they get in return for you using their products for what you call free is all your data data mining right data, data mining and what people fail to recognize is cash is not king gold is not king silver is not king what is king in the age we currently exist is human data collection so to to even suppose that Gmail is free, it is not. You are giving away everything. Uh, your cell phone. Your cell phone is the... It, it, you Remember all the spy movies you used to see where people wanted to bug people and track people? Every person listening right now that carries a smartphone, you've bugged yourself. Not only have you bugged yourself, you've GPSed yourself. Not only have you GPSed yourself, you've shown... Everyone you know, everyone you've ever known, every place you've ever worked, everything, everyone in your family, every phone number you know, every email you've ever used, all of it. And that, when data mined, gives somebody a time machine because with all the data that is collected every day in this world, it could be considered an infinite data set. And since an infinite data set occurs every day and there's more on the way tomorrow, very few people understand that that gives whoever controls these mega data collections the ability to see into the future. They can predict future events to a 98 or a 99% certainty. Um and that's only part of it. If for people who are interested in this, go look up wisdom of the crowd and go look up the law of large numbers. These are now prehistoric ideas, but they demonstrate what we're talking about. The large of law the the law of large numbers is how Vegas ran for all these years with Wisdom of the crowd. Wisdom of the crowd is the idea where you go to the county fair and there's that big mason jar full of gumballs and everyone's going to guess. And the person who guesses the closest to the right number of gumballs wins something. Well, years and years and decades and a century ago, someone realized that when a hundred people had guessed at all those thousands of gumballs and you averaged all the guesses, you'd be roughly within 10%. By the time you got up to hundreds of thousands of guesses, you were on the money. That's hundreds of thousands of guesses. Now make it an infinite data set. You can see where this goes.
1: Not only that, but the other day I posted on Facebook that Facebook, I posted on Facebook about Facebook, pardon the pun, but they are actually using your camera. If Folks, if you're listening, every time you scroll, they look at, they take video of your face expression to gauge what your emotions are. And that way, talk about taking data mining to the next level. If they present you with apps <laughs> or pictures, they know. I and mean, look at China, the Sesame Social Score there. Now they're taking it a step further, too. They're actually looking at people's faces to pre crime, just like the movie. What was the name of the movie? Steven, Steven Spielberg's movie. The, the Minority Report. The Minority Report. That has to come here in the United States in the future. If we have all these companies, I guarantee you, folks, all these people who are coming here to get their PhDs in IT, and they're going to India, and they're going back to China, that information is the birthplace of all this is right here. And China is the beta test. Once they get it going there, it's only a matter of time before they break. They, it, it comes here, grow.
2: They, they already have. Jason and I just did two huge episodes on artificial intelligence. Um, I read the, the first two books to be published in the modern era on this one called the age of surveillance capitalism You can barely lift that book. It's so big. The other one's called the big nine The way this happened is there are three big companies in china and china is in fact already implemented these ideas And it's already been ported back to darwin get it darwin australia headed for sydney So it's already headed back our way but what they did is since China is a communist nation, actually, it's a dictatorship, too, because the president's in for life now, um, they snap their fingers and they do what they want there. They don't have any silly ideas of freedom like we do here in the West. But in the summer of 97, the biggest corporation for AI in China was invented. It's called uh, Tencent. There's three of them, Baidu, Alibaba and Tencent. Tencent is the giant. So they invented it in Silicon Valley. It went back to China. China has its own private internet, as most people know, and uh, they copied Facebook. Facebook never sued them. You can see where this is going. And they implemented the social rating scores in a place called Rongcheng uh, with something like 70, I forget whether it's 170,000 souls or 70,000, it's a lot of people. But basically what it means is you carry a cell phone and if you break a rule, your social rating goes down. And if your social rating goes down, then the, the amount to take a loan out goes up or your ability to rent an apartment goes away. All these things is dictated by whatever your phone tells you regarding your social rating. That's what's been ported back to Australia right now. But here's here's the funny thing. So. As AI was growing up, everyone can remember uh, Jeopardy when they had Deep Blue or whatever it was called beat human beings in the 90s. It was already way beyond that. In China, they had problems with facial recognition because genetically, those people are very similar, a lot of them. Same eye color, face shape, hair color, um, similar haircuts in a lot of places. So they couldn't figure out how to train the AI to do facial recognition. So here's what they did. First off, they realized that if they could look at micro-expressions, like when someone smiles, that would help. And secondarily, they realized that when human beings were in the input chain teaching the AI, it hindered the AI. So they gave the AI complete freedom to teach itself and permission to create more AI to solve individual problems. They then put up kiosks all around the city and told the Chinese citizens, if you smile into this camera, we'll pay some of your bills this month. The AI figured out how to do facial recognition in China in less than 72 hours.
1: That's incredible. And speaking of China, I spent time in Hong Kong in 1996, a year before the 150-year lease ended, and it went back to China from Great Britain. And I always wondered how long it would take before China rescinded allowing Hong Kong to exist the way it was. And that's what we're seeing today. I'm not sure if you've seen the the images of students and protesters yeah. being yeah. loaded into trains, and who knows where they're going. And if you follow the Falun Gong and what's happening to them and the organ harvesting and organ, organ tourism, have you followed that too?
2: Um, I don't watch the news anymore. And by the way, none of my devices have cameras on them. And by the way, my ancient smartphone will soon be a clamshell uh, I'm not playing this game I I wake up in the morning and I ask myself a simple question does a human being have the right Thank you for listening to
3: unlock the full two-hour interview including video formats downloads transcripts exclusive articles and more subscribe to Veritas plus now gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008 just click subscribe